Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, the U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 11 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs one one I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with franchise author and expert, Christy Wilson-Delk, and as a business professor at Rollins College in Winter Park, Florida, and with over 15 years of franchise ownership, including a very successful franchise exit, Christy Wilson-Delk has a business acumen to inspire franchise owners and help them achieve their greatest potential. Her book, Adventures in Franchise Ownership, outlines her four pillars approach to strengthen, protect, and grow your business and includes advice from over a dozen other top-performing franchisees representing multiple business segments. And we'll talk to Christy about that in just a moment on Franchise Interview. So stick around because we have a great show. So Christy, so maybe you know, we could talk a little bit about what you've been up to since we last talked, which was two years ago, if you can imagine. It was actually the summer of 2016. Can you imagine that? And a lot's happened to you. Yes. 
Yes, and probably a lot's happened to a lot of a lot of your listeners as well. Um, so when we talked, I was in the middle towards the end of writing this book that we're talking right. about today, Adventures in Franchise Ownership. But yes. I still had a lot of work to do, and I know I was planning a really nice trip. Um, for December, and one reason why that sticks out is I know I finished it in December because I, I took my son to Africa, so that was, wow. you know, a trip I had been wanting to take for, as you can imagine, years and years and years. Um, but I know I finished it then, so that's, that helps me to put it in context. But So I focused really hard on writing the book, mm-hmm. and I don't think I I was teaching part-time then and I know you and I have that in common also but I was offered a full-time position again that December it was kind of a crazy month you know how sometimes everything just comes together in the same month but um, yeah when you're open that's the way it works Um, so they uh, Rollins College offered me a full-time position and you know I had to think twice about it but pretty quickly I thought wait a minute this is this is a great opportunity. You love these right. kids. You like learning, and uh, you know it's it's great fun. So I so I took it. I said yes to that. That's great. Um, you know, had to interview. hadn't interviewed for a job in a long, long, long time. I uh, imagine. But uh, yeah, I know. And so here <laughs> I was in Africa looking for emails and trying to see if I had you know gotten accepted. But anyway, that worked out. And then last. I don't know if this is most important, but probably is. I got engaged since yes, you and I, I left. I saw that oh. on LinkedIn. I was so happy for you. You know, is that the great thing about social media is that I was able to, and I think that's why I feel like it was yesterday that we spoke because I do follow you on LinkedIn and I know you follow me as well. And I think that's what yes. keeps us in touch with, you, with each other, you know, and I was so happy. I said, God, so many wonderful things have happened to you in the last two years. And I, I just think it's so wonderful because I, I just think you're, you're a great person, you know, and uh, you made such Aww. an impression, you know, when I met with you the first time doing the interview, you know, so I was really happy for you. Thank you. Well, I tell you, it's kind of like how, as you know, I like to say, Hey, if I can do this, you can do it too. Yes. To my girlfriends, you know, of a certain age group, I say, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too. So, yeah. But I met a wonderful man, and it's a little bit of a funny story. So, you know, I know you're a gentleman, so you probably don't want to ask how we meet, but I'll, I'll just go ahead and tell you. Um, so, as a French entrepreneur, and I don't know if I'm a serial entrepreneur, but anyway, yeah. I have an Airbnb um, in my garage apartment, and mm-hmm. I'd been doing that for a couple of years, and he checked in to my Airbnb. So, Technically, I guess we met online, and wow. um, yeah, he had come in town for a reunion, and there aren't many hotel accommodations in Winter Park. And he, um, somebody had said, "Hey, Christy Wilson has an has a Airbnb," and we had gone to high school together, but it was a big school. We didn't know each other. We wow. kind of knew of each other, but right. yeah, yeah. So he was that a gentleman, is so and. Yeah, you know, kind of just a slow roll, just kind of like you need to do when you're looking at business opportunities, right. you know, right. you do your homework and develop a friendship and all of that. And then he surprised me last December when we went to Tahoe and, um, you know, asked me to marry him, but just about almost two years. So, wow. I, he's the, yeah, he's the perfect man for me. So, 
I knew I needed to say yes. And so, yeah, so I'm so excited. It's been 20 years since I was married. It's amazing, Christy. I mean, your life is really, I mean, it's it's something that, you know, I really think they could make it into a movie, you know. I I, I mean, (laughs) you know, I know sometimes when it's your own life, you know, you say, oh, you know, probably not. But, you know, when I was reading the book and I had my wife start reading the book as well, I mean, it's really, it's, it's such an amazing story, you know, from, you know, where you were, you know, in starting the story and just how everything turned out for you is just, it's just so, it's so wonderful. It really is. It's the American dream. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, it is. And definitely um, owning your own business and, and getting involved in a franchise that's a really good fit for your lifestyle and having a plan and doing the work that's required, which is a lot of what Adventures in Franchise Ownership is about, um, doing the work that's required, you know, and then having an exit strategy. Um, we talked about that in the last interview with the plaque and the 15 spaces. Yes. You know, you really, you do, you know, it can be out there, but, you know, you want to move into that next phase of your life, you know, or or maybe you keep going. You know, everybody's different. But, um, right. you know, for me it was to move into the next phase, which, you know, I'm thoroughly enjoying now. So, but thank you for saying that. And, and it, you know, and it's not, you know, I've had some success, definitely, but it's not uber, uber, over-the-top success like, you know, right. some of the things that our millennials read about and depressed about, thinking, how am I ever right. going to match that? I mean, that's not the goal. The goal is right. to, you know, be independent, financially independent, and be happy. So, anyway. It's something, you know, I wanted to ask you, you know, I, that, you know, I, I always said, you know, when I did my last podcast with you, Christy, I, I said, we're going to have to do another show because there was just like a hundred more questions that I wanted to ask you at the time, you know, and I always wondered, you know, it, it, it seems to me, you know, and, and when I was reading the introduction of the book, of course, you know, you dedicate the book to your son and of course your mom, you know, and I was curious, you know, it your was your son the the influence or the motivation or did it is is he what actually gave you the courage to go what you went through because it was very courageous what you did well thank thank you uh being having been in the work environment for Mm -hmm. a good number of years so definitely you know it's probably a decade decade and a half i knew i knew intrinsically you know, what the risks were, the ups and downs of that. And then also what I was, you know, you got to know yourself. And I knew I wasn't a super political animal to manage through everything you had to manage through to climb up the ladder. Um, So I knew I had that independence in me where I wanted to have more control. So in as much as I now had a child and I didn't want to travel, I wanted to be available. I knew firsthand, you know, what it was like to be a working mom and or parent right. rather. You know, right. there is nothing easy about that, single no. or not single. There is nothing easy about that. And so those things definitely led me to okay, what are my options? Okay, right. I need to have my own business. And then finding a franchise that complemented my lifestyle. And so that was early childhood for me. But there's so many brands out there now, you know, Marty. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, There's literally something for everybody. Um, So I think that's a really 
big part of being successful is finding something that complements your lifestyle. So I could pick my son up um, after school, bring him to the school. He hung out with me, played Legos, played Pokemon, all that stuff they did. Yeah, in fact, now, in fact, he just got a job working for the Central Florida YMCA in their after-school program because he, you know, realized how much he enjoyed working with kids. So, yeah, it was. You know, what I needed was to make good money, have freedom, and have security for my family and then um, be able to have him be involved in it when I needed him to. So, yeah, definitely. It must be interesting for your son, too, Christy. I mean, because he was there, you know, I guess, you know, he was really small at the time, too, wasn't he? But I guess he does remember. I mean, he really was there at the beginning. You know, I mean, you tell the wonderful story, you know, you've, you've mentioned it on the podcast and, and the book. But, you know, I always remember the hubcap story, you know, and, you know, it mm-hmm. just made such an impression. He was there with you at the time, but he was there at the beginning when, you know, you were just breaking ground. And for him to, I guess, see something at such a young age, I imagine it had – I would imagine it would have been a very positive effect on him, didn't it? Yeah, I think it mostly was, but I do think, you know, depending on the segment of the business, there were times when emotionally it was a little bit painful, like when mom Mm -hmm. brought his, you know, Legos and put them in the big pile of Legos. Mom, but those are my Legos. Yeah, but son, you don't play with them anymore, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but still, well, okay, but, you know. That kind of thing. Or, yeah, or, you know, he was a biter, and, you know, biting in an early childhood center (laughs) is not a good thing. And so trying to, you know, toe that line for the staff so that they wouldn't look the other direction. And then the parents also, well, that's the owner's son. He's not going to be sent home. Well, yeah, he is, you know. (laughs) Call my mom, and he gets picked up. So, yeah. I, I know it was mostly very, very positive, um, but I think emotionally there there were some things that he might say were a little bit hard. <laughs> right, right. We'll have to interview him on that one too. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. It's You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if I've ever told you, Christy, you know, I, I mean, I have always wanted to write a book, you know, and I keep saying, you know, it's it's one of my dreams or my unaccomplished dream to write a book. You know, I was curious, you know, what drove you, uh, you know, to, to, to write the book, you know, I, I mean, what point of, of your life did you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to share my story with the world? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Believe me, during the process, a couple of times I asked myself, what was it? But uh, so you keep, I'll say right now, Marty, you keep that on your list because the time will come when it is the right time to do it. And I, it, it made a lot of sense for me to do it now, but let me just say, as a professor, I learned a little bit of background as to why it made more sense for me to do it now so I'm going to start with that and the first so that is during the course of a person's you know career life you know there's different stages you probably talk about this as well you know you have that earlier stage you know in your 20s when you're quote sort of young and carefree and you can Mm -hmm. kind of pick and choose what you want to do and you're gaining experience and so forth and then you know, you get a mortgage or you get married, perhaps you have a child or two. Right. 
And then it's like necessity. Okay, I got to make some money now. You know, this right. is like, this is life. Well, that's when I bought the franchise was in that necessity stage. There's no more fooling around. I got to get really serious. But then you move into another period and it's sort of a, a give back period or now I want to do something I really love or I want to do something that fulfills me in a way that I wasn't able to fulfill myself. So writing the book for me um, was, in my mind, a, a give back and mm-hmm. also a way to kind of document. I mean, some of it, you know, I'm always pretty transparent. Some of it was mm-hmm. for me. I want to I wanna kind of get this down, you know, how did this happen? But right. really to, um, as a give back and when I, when I decided to narrow that um, target to the franchise industry, although a lot of people have said it applies to a lot of types, you know, doesn't necessarily just apply to franchising. But when I decided right. to do that was when I realized this industry gave me, such ama- gave me such an amazing opportunity. And there are so many people that went ahead of me, ahead of us, the really true entrepreneurs came up with an idea that put it together in a way that um, they could sell it to others and create opportunities for other people to be owners, to employ others, to have the family style and family life that they need and all that. But there was a a missing piece. There's a missing piece in the industry, and that is Mm -hmm. that part between, yes, this is a great match for you as a franchisee, and you're going to have this training, and I'm going to support you as your franchisor. Here's the manual. Um, you know, let us know what how we can help you, and good luck. Um, right. And so the missing piece is that piece between that honeymoon period and probably seven or eight or maybe even nine years out where you go through a cycle or two of, okay, what now? What do I do now? I'm getting a little bored or I'm getting a little frustrated or mm-hmm. it's not what I thought it would be. Right. Or down economic cycle or it's not going as great as I hoped it would or, you know, I'm still not sleeping at night. This is not how it's supposed to be. You know, all that stuff that happens between year one and year maybe eight or nine. And right. so – I wanted to write a book that would help people get through that and and really just renew their motivation and have some true tools and ways and knowledge that, hey, you know, this isn't just me that has this feeling and these are some things that this person did and here's some things that this other person did. You know what? I'm going to try that because, Marty, when I had my business, I'd say almost every year I focused on a business book, whether it was a John Maxwell, Great mm-hmm. Leaders Asking Questions, or Peaks and Valleys, or, um, you know, the Moving My Cheese one, or, right. you know, the Energy, right. but something that I could apply. And so I think my book could be applied in many different ways for many different franchisees to help them um, just – really get to the place that they want to be, whatever they define as success for them. So it's so in, in that way it's my give back. It's and it was a challenge. You, 
you know, when I was reading the book, you know, what I got from it too, Chrissy, was that, you know, I said, yes, okay, yeah, this is a book on franchising. But, you know, I said, you know, there's really several segments, I think, with this particular book. One, I was thinking specifically of women entrepreneurs, of course. Um, uh-huh. It's something I didn't tell you, you know, because I was <laughs> – this is something I'll have to tell you another day. But when I spoke to you two years ago, I after that, I think it was about probably about six months after, I started doing research – on women franchisees. And I found that, you know, there's not, there's, there wasn't a lot of women franchisees, you know, it seemed like it was like more like a, a male dominated type of industry. I don't know if, if you've yeah. ever felt that way, you know, you're a woman, so you know better than I do. But when I was looking at the numbers and I, I was looking at the, the ratio and I said, Hmm, I said, something's not right here. And even when it comes to like authors, I mean, there haven't been a lot of books written on franchising, from women, I, you're the first I think I've actually interviewed, and I think I must have done maybe about I don't know seven to ten, you know, over the last decade. But you're really the first wow. woman franchise entrepreneur, I guess we can say, that has written a book on the topic. And that's why I said, you know, I said you really have something here, and, and it's not just for franchisees; it's for entrepreneurs as well. So I, I think there's a lot of different audiences for your book. I don't know if if, if you've gotten that, you know, after you completed the book. Interesting. Huh. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't even think about that. Um, it, you know, and similarly, when I wrote the book and then went to a conference to try to figure out, hey, you know, where can I, um, you know, can I insert myself back into the industry, and how right. can I best do that in a helpful way? That's when I really learned that what what I did was unique, and that as a woman, it was even more unique. I, I had I, I I was I had on blinders about gender roles when I was working. Yeah. So that, though, what you just said, I think is probably one reason why I realized I needed to somehow increase the scope of the book because if you hear, yes, this is a book, it's on this, and then you say, oh, the next natural question is, oh, what franchise was it? And then as soon as I say, and I saw it on people's faces, as soon as I say early childhood uh, development center, they would be, oh, like, oh, yeah, that figures. And I that, right. that kind of bugged me, but I got it. You of know, course. I understand. Yeah, it's kind of a theme. So that's when I realized, okay, to really make this stick, the messaging stick, I want to increase the scope and bring in – many many different segments and so that's when I realized oh boy I am adding six to nine months onto this book writing process do I really want to do this I'm not kidding Marty I had to kind of I had to really I had to really sort that out because that meant what I wanted to do to do it right I wanted to have one franchise segment represented more or less represented by a top brand um, for each chapter. So that's a minimum of 16 franchisors. And so then I had to convince the franchisors, hey, yes, we we need to help with this project. That really wasn't too hard. I was very pleased that, you know, the industry itself, as you know, is pretty arms open when it comes to helping people. And that really was proven to me again and again and again during this interview process. But so designating each chapter to a 
franchisor, but right. more specifically to one of their top performing franchisees, many of whom are women. So I would say about half of the people I interviewed, I could be wrong, I hadn't really counted it up, but close to half of the top performing franchisees, even though numbers-wise they don't represent 50% of franchisees out in the right. you know, U.S., were right. heralded as top performers in their in their brand. So, I mean, we're talking um, – let me just look at the list here. And I'm it's a nice list. I mean, there's some very – you know, and some of those franchises, you know, we've had – you know, on the show, oh, cool. when I was looking at that long list of contributors, you know, they're pretty, they're you pretty big names. Oh, God. You know, it's funny. Like I mean, we've Bright done, Star. this is like 500, you know, we're almost like on 550 shows, you know, so some, now I always yeah, have to go sorry. back. Well, I, used, I, I think I joked with you one yeah. time. I used to be able to recite the first 100 shows that we did. And after 101, oh, I just gosh. stopped. <laughs> you know, I yeah. said, well, I have I Bright like Star Care. Uh, okay, Wild Birds Unlimited. Yeah, Wild Birds Unlimited. Yeah, Dream Vacations. Yeah, yeah World that's the World Travel Corporation. Uh, Sunny's Barbecue. That's kind of more of a regional here in the southeast. Okay. Freddy's Freddy's Frozen Custard. Um, you Break I Fix, which is an incredible story. That young man went to UCF University of Central Florida. Here, this is a wow. perfect entrepreneur story. Started fixing his friend's iPhones out of his dorm room in his apartment and Isn't then franchise. Amazing. Yeah. Firehouse, um, Burgerfy, European wax center. I think a lot of, um, yeah, style encore. On love that. Love style encore played against sports. Um, I think we had them. Yes. Yeah. Great. Got edible arrangements. Yeah. Edible arrangements, Mako, Golden yes, Corral, Brightway, insurance. I mean, this again, hopefully your your listeners here, there really is something for everybody. <laughs> Philly, Pretzel Factory, yeah, Pillar to Post, Home Inspectors, you yes, know, it does not have to be food. That's right. That's for sure. I it's think it's true. like it 35% is food, something like that. So. Do you think it would be different for you today, Christy? I mean, I know you go to, you know, you, you sometimes you go to the franchise shows, you know, and, and you speak at a lot of these events. Do you, do you think it would be more overwhelming today? Um, you, you know, it's one of the things we find is that, you know, there's so much out there today. I think when I was doing my research last, I think it was up to, I think it was like 3,500 different systems in the United States. And when wow. I first got into this, I think it was like 1,200, you know, according to, the IFA, and it just seems like there's so much out there today. Um, do, do you think it's overwhelming for an aspiring entrepreneur to, to buy a franchise today from, from everything that you've learned? I would say it certainly could be. However, mm-hmm. that shouldn't stop you. Um, right, of course. I, I, yeah. I know there's a, a kind of a, I don't want to call it a middleman, but uh, there are consultants now that help people zero in on certain brands. And I think that could be really helpful. I know from experience, a lot of buyers find their way to a particular brand because they noticed something, they thought it was interesting. You know, they personally used it. I mean, I think that's great. You may be, you may need to be willing to relocate, but Right. You know, 
I don't I don't think that should necessarily be a deal killer. To, you know, to me, it wouldn't be depending on you know my how young my family was, but also, you know, you hear. I think you have to ask a lot of questions. You know, if the brother-in-law yeah. of the so-and-so has a hey, do you mind if I give? Would you mind talking to me for a few minutes? You know, you just you really do have to be curious. But then, um, I I love those franchise expos. I mean, I think those are a great way because number one, you have to as a franchisor you have to have some wherewithal to even show up at those because they're not cheap and you have to be organized. You have to be able to staff and, um, you know, compete to get the, to get the placement and so forth. So there's a ton of ways you can do your research. So it could at very first blush appear overwhelming, but that just means you need to put a little system in place to figure out, okay, how do I want to approach this? I don't know. What Mm -hmm. do you, how do you, well, how do you recommend people go well, about that? Well, it's interesting. You know, I, it's, it, I give the same advice that you give, you know, is I, I think brokers serve, you know, a great service. You know, I think that, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of times, you know, in doing the show over the last, you know, it's almost 12 years that a lot of times people will get into a franchise that they never anticipated going into and they became successful. And a lot of times I think that was attributed to, a franchise broker, you know, is they help them ask the right questions, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I do see a value in the service of the franchise broker. Sometimes I think, you know, they might steer you towards a particular franchise that's in maybe their portfolio because again, they have to get paid too. It's almost like being a, a real estate agent to some extent, you know, mm-hmm. but I think their service mm-hmm. is, is really fantastic. What always impressed me about your story was that, you know, you, you kind of knew, which one you wanted right away. You know, you said kids are kids Academy and and that was it. And that was what always impressed me about the story, you know, about you is, is you just, it was almost like you knew in your gut or your heart, you know, or or both, you know, but you knew that Mm -hmm. that was the one for you, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. um, and, and you just, you just went forward with it, you know, and I I was always impressed with that part of the story was how did you know, you know, and it turned out to be a great thing for you. Um, but well, it is tough, but that, I, I think I, the shows are can great, I, too. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I would just add, um, you're making me think about a, another aspect, and that is um, the the book development person that I worked with. I mean, obviously, it's my story, but I had someone help me arrange the pieces and right. stuff. But she, she cut some things. She said, no, this is not a business book, per se. This is not business right. 101. So she cut a part that I had in there that I kind of think applies to your question here, and that is – you also need to know your local market. And that's what helped mm. me, Marty. I knew the local yeah. market and I knew Orlando, kids, right. families, growing, blah, blah, blah. And so if you know the if you know the market, that will help guide you to whether it's a good opportunity at that time for that place. So, you know, there's that aspect too, I think. Yeah, your story is is really based on timing too, though. That's always what I got mm-hmm. out of it too. I mean, you were really, I think, mm-hmm. you know, you were at the right place at the right time. And, and what impressed me about your story, Chrissy, was you also knew when to get out, you know. And that's the amazing part mm-hmm. of your story is, I, I in, in doing the show such a long time now, you know, one of the things we don't talk about enough on the show was <laughs> exit strategy, you know. And I got that from when I interviewed you. Is you know, you kind of you knew or you, you had this strong idea, I think, yeah. that when you were going to get out of it, the market started becoming a little bit more competitive and you knew when to yeah. get out. You knew when to get in, 
and get out. And, and both those, you know, important to answer both those questions or, or be aware of it, isn't it? It really, really is. I mean, you definitely have to be all in when you're in, but you you also really have to have some idea, just like when you're talking to your financial planner or, uh, you know, somebody that is helping you manage your 401k or something like that is, right. okay, I want, you know, if, if I'm buying a building or that kind of thing, I want to be able to put away this much money every year. I want to be able to um, have this much for cash flow. I mean, you truly have to manage your money. It's not just, I'm going to keep going till this burns out. And then you have to know when it's time to shift or it may be time to expand by another one, by a third one. And now you've got a nice little three part uh, smoothie um, organization or an edible arrangements. You've got three or four edible arrangements that somebody would be delighted to come in and buy. Right. But it's right. not when you're burnt out. It's not when the you know the supervisors are um, you know not speaking kindly to clients. It's when you are maybe not at the top 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 of your game, but when you are still highly engaged. That's when you want out, and that's when you'll get the most right. dollar for your investment that you can parlay into something else, or you know the next thing about you know what you want to do and. You know, for me, it was teaching and writing and, um, right. you know, having some time to have a relationship. <laughs> sure. Um, of course. But yeah, it is. And a lot of times it's family businesses. You know, they turn into family businesses. Mm-hmm. But, right. you know, I think that's rare. You know, I, I don't know. I have no yeah. reason to – I have no, nothing to back that up with. But, you know, 10, 12, 15 years, look at the lifestyle of your family. When is your husband going to retire? You know, sure. when do you want to downsize your house? Put right. that all in there, you know, and figure Absolutely. it out. So, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. You know, throughout the book, uh, Christy, you know, you talk about the four pillars approach and how that helps you strengthen, protect, and grow your business. Maybe you could uh, talk a little bit about that or explain, you know, what this is and how this approach would work for our listeners. Okay. So when I um, had my business, one one and and those that have businesses who are listening, you know, one of the the most challenging things is to not get overwhelmed by right. the demands and then and all the different, you know, I'll guess I'll say buckets again. I sound like a financial mm-hmm. planner now, don't I? You know, yeah. all the different bu- buckets that you have to attend to, right. you know, marketing, um the yeah. money, um the leadership or the management, um what am I going to do next year, that sort of thing. So I learned pretty early on that, and we all know our best styles, you know, maybe you're better, you're a better creator in the morning or you like to do your numbers at night, you know, you, you, know, you know your best styles. I knew that for me to have the best energy for my business, the best mm-hmm. attitude, to be my best self, that I, I like to have processes in place. And I don't mean I do this Monday morning at 11 a.m. I just mean the first week of the month, this is what I focus on. The second week of the month, this is what I focus on. Something like that. Um, So, yeah. And so what I realized as I was putting together different programs to continue to grow the business, different programs 
to be competitive because, as you said, competition was getting strong, different ways that I could lead. How could I be a good leader when I'm just one person? I can't lead everybody every year in five different directions. You know, who do I want to lead this year? And then what is the framework for all this? So, you know, how, how can I put this in a framework that helps me? And so I read that. I read that Peaks and Valleys book, and mm-hmm. I reference it in I reference it in the um, book as well. Right. And it really showed me that some of the frustrating parts that I had felt the first two or three years, those were going to happen again because there are peaks and there are valleys, and right. keeping the terrain smooth is the goal. Sure. Not super high. And certainly not super low, but keeping that terrain smooth. So then to me that meant, okay, for loyalty, for example, which is pillar one, that Mm -hmm. means I want to do something for my community every three months. I want to do something for my staff. I want to do something for my clients, my customers, my little customers and my adults that write the check. And I want to somehow connect with my franchisor. I want to build loyalty there. So the loyalty pillar has those four different components. And if I build those year after year, layer by layer, not some big far-out goal, you know, that is going to make me feel overwhelmed and my staff goes, she wants what? But right. what can we do? What can we do this quarter to appreciate our clients? Okay, great. Check. And next quarter we'll do this. Okay, check. So there's four things, and that's going to build loyalty with our clients. And then those other three segments also. So now move into, say, um, strategic leadership. Um, so now I've got this loyalty thing going, but where where are we going? Where, where am I leading right. this loyalty towards? Okay, well, we want to grow our business um, to stay – we want to be the number one sought-after uh, early childhood center in the growing Waterford Lakes community. Okay, what does that look like? Well, that means, you know, we need to do a certain amount of marketing. Okay, so that's going to require some leadership on my part and then to be delegated. That means we're going to have to be price competitive. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm going to make sure that we're price competitive and that someone's in charge of that. And then maybe we need, I think I have this in the book, maybe we need some new signage. We need something that has, right. that says, and that's something a lot of people can relate to. We, we need new signage. Okay, Mr. Owner, Ms. Owner, you know, that's yours. That's yours right. to lead. So you now know that this year or the first half of this year, you're going to unveil this new sign. Okay, great, and it's going to look beautiful. And maybe you're also going to, I don't want to use a a cliche example, so I'm trying to think of something that's not, um, you know, clearly a lot of people um, are focused on social media, so Mm -hmm. I don't want to even use that. But maybe it's your lobby needs a little refresh. You know, we're going to focus on how we look to the public. First impressions. Okay, so that's a good one. So this year, as the owner, I'm going to strategically lead us to create a better first impression than we did because our goal is to stay number one or become number one. And first impressions are really important. We can get people in the door, but we're not looking like 
we're number one. So you can delegate some of that, but your job as a strategic leader is to say, focused on that, not get dissuaded, not get distracted, but to do that. And that shows your clients, your staff, um, your franchisor, obviously you have to do that with their um, blessing, that, right. you know, you're serious about your business because you spent some money. Um, so that would be an example of strategic leadership, but the, but the, the shorter answer is I say, who do you need to lead this year? Who and right. where? So it's more about short-term focus than this fancy-schmancy, long-term, you know, these are the things good leaders say and all that stuff. It's like keeping your focus on where do we need to go this year. And then long-term, sure, you're going to do long-term planning, but strategic leadership is about that. And in the book, I reference um, Truett Kathy. Um, the book is How Did You Do It, Truett, um, you know, the, co- the founder of Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. And right. he also believed in having a very strategic short-term focus. And surprising, a surprising number of pretty strong leaders lead that way. So that's kind of the core of strategic leadership, which is one of the pillars. So, the idea behind the pillars is that you as the owner are attending to loyalty in your business, leadership in your business, the money metrics in your business. That's pillar number three. Right. And method management, pillar number four in your, in your business. And method management is simply the process that you use to continually address these different important aspects of your business so that you keep growing, you keep changing. As your business changes, as the environment changes, as the players change, as you change, as your managers change, right. as the local market changes, you are light enough on your feet because you're meeting monthly, you're planning quarterly, you're planning annually. What are we going to do with our business this year? And most of the time, you're layering onto these pillars. But sometimes you're going to say, no, we're not going to do that this year because we did it and it worked okay, but we want to do something fresh. So that worked. We're going to put it in the vault, and now we're going to do this to build loyalty or to focus on our numbers, to get our employees to focus on the revenue on a weekly basis. So it sounds like a lot, but I lay it out in a way that is very comprehensive and is, um, but broken into chunks. And I have exercises in the right. book, and I use examples from other franchisees, top performing franchisees that they hadn't right. read the book. But when I asked them, how tell me how you address communication, for example, and the gentleman Jeff O'Mara from Anytime Fitness. One of the top performers, he owns, he's a multi-club owner mm-hmm. in Indiana, Ohio, and Tennessee. And, um, you know, and he he said right here in the chapters, chapter eight, communication, the ultimate differentiator. He said right here, I've turned to videos for personal training and membership training. We had a manual, but the videos eliminated that and the motivation and care required to be successful 
come through much better now. I still talk to everyone on the floor, and everyone right. has my cell phone number, but anybody can shoot me a text. You know, that's an old layer. You can talk sure. to me directly, and we'll role play together on the phone if their metric is off. So he's saying, I started using videos, and he got the blessing yeah. of his franchisee, franchisor, but that was a huge leadership undertaking but it touched so many different parts of his business. And so, in summary, what really happens, and this is the super, super cool thing about looking at your business this way, is that when you work on one pillar, it affects the other things in a positive way. So they all work together to grow your business, but for targeting and processing and figuring out, okay, how are we going to increase our revenue 10%, the pillars make it very easy to put a program in place and then revisit that program on a monthly or quarterly basis. So it's a methodology, um, but it's it can be adapted in so many different ways. It sounds like you learned from the book too, Christy. You know, I mean, the four pillars is, is your creation, you know, from everything that you learned. But it sounds to me like, you know, when you were writing the book, you know, in, in speaking to a lot of these successful franchisees, that you probably learned some interesting things yourself, didn't you? I did. I did. I am always Great. learning, Marty. Always. And, I did. And I that's what I love about, about you. I learned about you're others. You're always learning. You know, you're always, as you said, you're always like reading you know, business books, you know, you're always trying to get, you know, ideas. One of the things I learned from you, you know, in, in reading the book and, you know, speaking to you over the years that it's something I, I never thought of, you know, is, is you have this emphasis. You, you always mentioned like think big, but to also think small, you know, and I remember you telling a story one time about Ooh. with your business, um, you know, where you kind of, you, were, you kept saying no to people that wanted to send their kids part time, you know, to, the academy, yes. you know, and I think that was bothering you. And I remember you used a great example once that I always remembered. I think it was uh, massage. I think it was massage envy where you, you know, get massage and they started adding facials, you know, and it's like, I never thought yes. about that. Cause I'm always, I was, I've always been taught business schools, think big, think big, think big. But you said at one time you said, think small. And I said, there's nothing wrong with thinking small, you know, it, it, it's, it's really very yes. effective, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Adding services. Um, yeah, right. good for you. That was a great. That was a great takeaway from the book. Yeah, it's, yes. it's true, and we can get so lost and overwhelmed by thinking big. And sometimes, honestly, it it kind of drives our staff a little bit crazy. They like a little <laughs> right. more bite size. Sure, <laughs> a little more bite size, but it adds up for sure. Yeah, that's something. How did you decide, Christy? You know, I mean, you know, because you've had so many experiences. As a franchisee, I mean, how did you know what stories or adventures to include in the book? I mean, was that part of your, you know, working with, like, I guess the editor as well? You know, one of the things I, I was, when I'm writing these scholarly journal articles, it's always tough when someone comes back, mm-hmm. to you, you know, you write a whole page or paragraph, you, you've done tons of research, and they say, you can't use that. <laughs> you know, you say, why not? I worked on it for three weeks but how did you know yeah that paragraph took me four hours yeah exactly (laughs) yeah I know I know I read Hemingway I think it was not maybe it was last summer and in in the notes 
uh, they have all these cool manuscripts at the JFK Library. But in the notes, he talks about this paragraph took me like three weeks to write. And I thought, oh, my God, I know that feeling. Not three weeks, but, yeah. Um, so it was hard. I, I will say right. if anybody, and for you too, anybody that thinks, oh, yeah, I, I want to write a book someday, you know what, you need to have two or three journals, just one in your car, one everywhere. And when you think of something that you don't want right. to forget, just write it, write it down and then don't lose right. the journal and then you'll go back. So I had to I had to transcribe or, you know, make some footnotes on many, 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 many different stories. And I just had post-its all over my dining room. And wow. so breaking down, it was very much with the help of the book development person, but breaking it down – so what I did was I took the stories and I kind of lined them up almost like a storyboard to see, right. wow, okay, this is where a lot of this fits. This is where a lot of that fits. So I could see where, okay, this is a, you know, this is a topic here. Um, and then if it, if, if I didn't need the story, then I just had to pick one because I tried to add something for every chapter. If it wasn't my story, then, something from somebody else, um, but there's there's a bunch I didn't put in there, but I think the real head turners for me, the ones that made me go, oh, man, I don't want to go through that again, or right. wow, that made me view my business and myself differently, I think most of them are in there. Um, you know, great. there's one about how I – how. You know, I have a story about knowing your money metrics. One of the reasons why you want to know your money metrics is because mm. people will steal from you. They absolutely sure. will steal from you. You know, That's and true. I almost don't even care what kind of business you're in. So I put that story in there. I mean, right. you know, I had $40,000 stolen from me over two years. And I I have that little side note in there. I One of my Airbnb clients was telling me about um, – a friend of his acquaintance, really, that owned a um, a large hamburger franchise. And he had not gone to the school yet, the training yet. He was putting it right. off. And I think he was in the finance industry, CPA. And then he kept trying to figure out why he wasn't making the money he was supposed to be making. Well, guess what? The GM had gone to school, and the GM knew that the owner right. hadn't and knew how to steal from them, you know. So, you know, so I would include that because I thought, I think, you know what, I really want people to get that message. You know, it's not just about making money. It's also about keeping the money you make. So if I thought it needed to be in, I did. And I loved that the franchisees also contributed stories because they right. have some good ones too. But, um, and then I put, you know, like you you said, some personal stuff in there that my own mother said, to my fiance, wow, I learned a lot about my daughter reading this book. So, <laughs> so I don't know. There's That's definitely great. something cathartic about that, but also mostly so that people would relate to going through some tough things because I think most people do. And the last thing you want to think is, oh, wow, she didn't go through all this. Um, how could she possibly... I don't want this. I don't want this to be that. I want this to be. You know what? I really do want to resist right. this. Sounds like she's pretty honest. So, you you know what I you know what I went through. I I put it all in there pretty much. Of course. 
And that's what's great yeah. about the book. And that's why I said, you know, they could make it into a movie. And, and you know, one of the things I, I really appreciate, you know, when you talk about the metrics, Christy, is, you know, you mentioned that, you know, that's how you know if there's a problem, right? I mean, if, you know, from your experience, yeah. if the numbers are off, you say, okay, we have a problem here. Now we have to figure out what is the problem, you know, is someone stealing? Yeah. Is it something else, you know, and, and, and that's why the metrics are keeping score is, is, is so important. And I imagine you, you really emphasize that one to your, your business students, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. And there's a lot of exercises, pretty simple exercises, but really important exercises, you know, right. so you might not be caught off. And, 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 you know, and some of your franchisees that are listening might go, yeah, my franchisor doesn't have the metrics for me. Well, they should. And if they don't, right. you know, ask them and tell them why you're asking. They need to, they need to, they, maybe they need to bring their game up too. You know, we need to update this sure. every year. So, yeah, but it is, it's super important. I don't want to use a cliche, but you just definitely don't know where you need to go. If you right. don't know your numbers, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. What's the best way, Christy, you know, that our listeners can get hold of the book, Adventures in Franchise Ownership? I mean, any, I know it's on Amazon, of course, right? But, I mean, there's a lot of different places yep. you can get it. And there's even some place where you can, like, read, was it the first chapter or something like that? Um, yeah. In fact, I'm going to look it up that. right now, make sure it's still on there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. So, on Amazon, um I know it was on the Kindle version, so let me put it in here. But on Amazon, you can download the introduction and review the first chapter That's free. Great. Um, yeah, and I think I had to check the box to allow people to do that. You know, no big deal. You know, as you know, I'm like, hey, whatever it takes, you know, to help you, right. to, you know, get your hands on this book. But on my website, too, which is christywilsondelk.com. I okay. believe I still have intro in chapter one. If not, you know what? I'm going to shoot an email right now um, to the person that manages it and say, I want to put this back up. But Amazon, Target.com, and BarnesandNoble.com, the wow. e-copy is there. I think it's eight ninety five, something like that. That's and then great. the softback copy is going to be nineteen ninety five. But there'll, there'll be some specials here and there. Um, as you said, I, I, I'm always learning, wow, publishing a book, woo, I've learned a lot. It's very interesting. <laughs> the publishing business is very interesting. Um, it's not imagine. for the faint of heart, for sure. But it's one of those things I, too, believe, you know, you need to work with the professionals, you know. I worked with a publisher. Right. I worked with a, a professional to help me get the right publisher, you know, all that stuff. So, what was it with like that for you, in mind, when, you, when you? I was gonna say, what was it like for you when you first saw the first copy of the book? You know, when it was sent to you. I mean, what was that feeling like for you? Mm, it was so cool. I imagine. I was so happy. I was so 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 happy. You know, and and we went through maybe three iterations for the cover because, you know, I just wanted it to have energy and look inviting and kind of have those sort of good colors in there. Um, and so when I saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, we we got it right. Um, right. So, and it's got the no, pillar I, on I, there. You're right. It's, 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 it's yeah. very clever. You can see a lot of thought went into it, you know, and it, it is. It's just yeah. fantastic. And I'm holding it right now, and I'm really I'm very proud to have a copy of your book. And you actually signed it for me. So 
I think it's worth even more yes, money now. I <laughs> did. Marty, you are you you and I have a connection, man, and we are not going to yes, ever lose do. that because you know no, we're, I, we're, I we're in the front that, you know, line, but you know it's yes. it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Well, thanks, Chrissy. You know, it's, it's my pleasure. You know, I always set the interviews for 25 minutes, but you, I could, I could actually speak to for two hours, you know. <laughs> I, I know you're busy yourself, you know, doing a lot of these interviews, and I really appreciate you, you know, coming on, you know, our podcast. I think it's one of the Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.